Well, we'll get started. If you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2. And the title of the message is Preparing for Pentecost. And Pentecost just means, or Pente just means 50. So Pentecost is the 50 days after Jesus' resurrection and then his ascension. And uh, it's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on those who obeyed and stayed until they received the power from on high that Jesus told them to wait for. The power that would transform lives and transform this world and is still working today because God is still alive and God is still pouring out His Spirit and changing lives for the good. Isn't that awesome? We looked at Acts chapters 1 and 2 last week a little bit and uh, we're going to look a little bit more in Acts chapter 2. But I want us to see what Peter says about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because last week we read when it happened what it looked like. This morning I want to have us see what Peter's interpretation of this is. So Acts chapter 2 verse 12. And it says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And before we read it, I just want to encourage you with this, that Peter probably didn't know these words. He wasn't necessarily a scholar in Hebrew or in the Jewish faith, but he was one who walked with Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit's poured on him, and then he's able to declare this. And I think that's remarkable. Verse 17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so Peter gives us understanding by the Holy Spirit in accordance with what the prophet Joel had prophesied so many years ago. And we get this because they were willing to obey and wait as Jesus had told them to do beforehand. Now, that's the whole basis of looking at this is as we prepare prepare for Pentecost is to realize that there's a responsibility that we have to obey the word of God. Jesus spoke to them and he told them to wait until they received power. They obeyed. 
there's things that we find in God's word that we need to begin to do. And until we do them, we're not going to progress in our walk with him. Can you imagine what would have happened had they not obeyed him and had they not waited? The other part on this is when we get saved, we have the Holy Spirit. We, we receive the Holy Spirit. But there's greater measures of the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives that only come as we're willing to obey. Okay? And so if there's greater opportunity, if there's a better life for us because of the Holy Spirit in our life, then my encouragement to us is to maximize His work in our lives as we obey Him and His voice. The Word of God, the Bible, is part of how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Okay, He's not limited to that, but that's primarily how He speaks to us. And when He speaks outside of that, it has to be in agreement with the Word of God. Okay, Because we have a lot of people nowadays that are twisting the Word of God and taking it out of context and trying to do all kinds of funny things with it. And it's not the way God intended. You're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it is our responsibility to, to know how God is speaking to us through His words and the principles found in His word. Last week we looked at Passover again and we looked at the dipping of the hyssop into the basin of blood and then putting it on the doorpost so that when the death angel come, they would pass over. And they were protected and they were saved. What would have happened if they hadn't done what Moses instructed them to do and dip the hyssop into the basin of blood and put it on the sides and put it on the lentil for their protection? What would have happened? They would have died. And so I'm, I'm bringing this up because I want us to understand the importance of us obeying the word of God, because for them, it was a place of safety and protection. And the same is true for us today. When we obey the word of God, it's for our good. It's for our protection. And it's funny to me that people think that God is narrow minded. I think he's very narrow minded when it comes to salvation. There's only one way. But when you find that one way, which is through Jesus Christ, then the whole heavens open up to us. And so you may think that he's narrow minded, but he's not. He's very open minded when you receive Christ. And it's interesting to me that people who want to change the word of God. Still rely on the word of God for their benefit. But I want us to think about this for a moment. How can we become believers? How can we become Christians if we don't know the word of God? You see, it's in the Bible, it's in the word of God that we find out that we're a sinner. And it's through the word of God that we find out that we are not able to save ourselves by our good works. So, even to come to salvation, we have to know 
a portion of God's word. And it's the portion that speaks to us and tells us. And we recognize that through his word, in his word, that we are sinners, that we cannot save ourselves. But it's also through that same word that we've found that out, that we also find out that there's a God who loves us. There's a God who made us in his likeness and image. And he loves us so much that before the foundations of the world, he had Jesus crucified, shed his blood for us. The lamb was slain for us. That's how much he loves us. But we find this out in God's word. And then when we accept the free gift of salvation, it's through making our confession of agreeing with what God's word says about us, but also about God's love and Jesus' sacrifice. But we have to speak that. And to me, that's, you know, like dipping your hyssop into the basin and putting the blood on the doorpost. We saw last week that that hyssop is like our words. It's our declaring what God has done. You can know about Jesus' salvation. You can know about the plan of salvation. But until you confess it out of your mouth, it's not going to do you any good. And so we need to be so careful on that. And when we give our life to Christ, here's what we're doing. We come into agreement with God's word. We recognize that we're lost without him. We recognize that we're saved with him and through his blood. And so what we're doing is we're adjusting our lives to God's word, not the other way around where so many people are doing that today. They're adjusting God's word to fit into their lifestyle. And that's not what God has called us to. When we get birthed into the kingdom of God, then we have a responsibility to grow spiritually and we grow by doing his word. Not by listening to his word, not just by hearing his word, but by doing his word. They had to dip the hyssop into the basin to apply the blood. We have to confess God's word in order for us to be able to receive the protection that God offers us through the covenant of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I shared last week that the word of God is our basin and our words are speaking out the truth and the promises of the word is our dipping into the basin and applying that blood, the blood of Jesus into our lives. And so that brings me to this. And don't don't shout me down on this. I know some of y'all want to. But if you don't know the Word of God, you can't speak the Word of God. And we have a lot of believers who they know about salvation and that's as far as it's gotten in their lives. And they haven't dug into the Word of God. They're not obeying the word. How can you obey something you don't know? How can you declare something you don't know? And that's why it's so important for us to get to know the word of God, to do our part, to study, to, to read it.
if they wouldn't have put the blood on the doorpost, do you think they would have been protected? No. And yet we walk around without knowing the Word of God and we want the benefits of God's Word. Many of us live our life not knowing the Word of God and then trouble comes our way and then we start looking in the Word of God or we start calling people that we know know the Word of God that are able to help us. Well, I'm, I don't mean to be mean, but I, I do mean to be true. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late to get to know the Word of God when you need the Word of God because you're in trouble. It's best to get to know the Word of God when there's a place of peace, when there's no nothing that's going to hinder you. Get it inside of you. Plant it in you. Meditate on it. Study it. Read it. Memorize it. Do everything that you're supposed to. So that when trouble comes, and Jesus said it will come, we're not going to escape this world without trouble. When it comes, we have something to stand on. But too many of us try to um, find our strength and our peace and our hope from somebody else who has the knowledge. It's available for all of us. We all need to know it. If you'll turn with me to Exodus chapter 24. And as important as knowing the word of God is, there's another aspect that I want to share on this morning concerning the importance of the word of God and why we need the word of God in our lives. Suppose I know that this doesn't happen in our lives and it doesn't happen in ours, but just suppose in our house, Diane and I didn't talk to one another. We didn't communicate. We didn't share words with one another. How long do you think we would last? How good of a relationship do you think we would have? Right. We wouldn't last very long. There would be no relationship. If I repeat to her, well, I told you I love you when I married you, and if I change my mind, I'll let you know. How well do you think that would go? <laughs> the reason that God wants us to know His Word and obey His Word is because when we study out His Word and we begin to do His Word, we develop a relationship with Him. We get to hear His voice. We get to hear how He's thinking. We get to see what His plans and His purposes are for our lives by reading His Word. And so God wants us to read His Word, to study His Word, not just to Come on Sunday morning and hear a little bit. Because if you're living off what I'm giving you, then you're starving to death. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. Okay, It has to go beyond that. It has to be every day of our lives we're, we're spending time with God. We're spending time in His Word. And as we do that, we develop that relationship with Him. 
We get to know Him. And that's more important than anything else, is knowing Him. It's, you're in Exodus 24. It's going to take me a minute to get through all of this, okay? This is going to relate back to Passover, but it's, it also relates to us today, okay? Now, this is beyond Passover. We looked at Passover in Exodus chapter 12 and 13. Now we're at chapter 24, all right? Verse 1. And when I read this, these first few verses, Think about it symbolically as we've already studied Passover. Okay? Exodus chapter 24 verse 1 says, <clears throat> Then he said to Moses, and so this is God speaking. Oh, one more thing before we get any further. When Peter gave the uh, illumination, the revelation of, of what was going on on the day of Pentecost, and he quoted, Quote it, Joel, and it says, and in the last days. And so I want you to know that we're living in the last days. Okay, now Peter spoke that 2,000 years ago, and we're still living in the last days. Now, here's my encouragement to you. I heard this from my father-in-law, and I've never forgotten, and it has been a blessing to me. It may not be the last days in the sense of Christ coming back, but they are your last days. This is the last shot you got it. You don't have another life. So these are your last days. So make the best of them. All right. Okay, back to Exodus chapter 24. <clears throat> then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near. And the people shall not come up with him. Moses came. So this happened. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words that the Lord has spoken what do they say? We will do. They will obey. Verse 4. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. So he builds an altar. He has 12 pillars there representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 5, and he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And then watch this. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins. And half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. 
Okay? So he's basically, if, if you'll indulge me just a little bit, he's purifying the altar and the people. We'll see that in just a minute in Hebrews. But I want us to see the significance of the blood here and him sprinkling them. And we looked last week, the sprinkling, the applying, is us speaking our words, us speaking the word of God, us trusting in the word of God. You, you know, um, it, it, it's so comforting to be able to go into a difficult circumstance, difficult situation, and yet see people of faith have peace. As a pastor, that's comforting because there's, there's people who go in and experience difficult things and, and they don't have peace. But when you as a believer know the Word of God, then you can have that peace no matter what comes your way. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9, please. So we have this example of the shed blood, the applied blood, and the willingness for them to obey the word of the Lord. And so I want us to know that we have to not just be willing, but we have to make every effort to know the word of God, then obey it properly, develop that relationship with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit that God so longs for each one of us. You know, I, I believe that God wants us to know him more than we want to know him. But I want to get there. I want to know them. Through their spoken words, when Moses would read it, they were agreeing with the covenant of the Lord. And it wasn't just that Moses had him go and shed the blood of the, the animals, but he also he took the shed blood and he sprinkled it. He, he poured it on the altar and he sprinkled it over the people. And that's for us. That's for us to know that there's something, there's a responsibility that we have to obey the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 9, he comments on what Moses just did in Exodus 24. Starting in verse 19. Hebrews 9.19, for when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Okay? So, we see the importance of this. The writer of Hebrews speaks of this, and he's talking about them being purified, them coming into a right relationship with God. And this is crucial, so I hate to do this to you, but if you'll turn back to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. And I want you to see this. This is amazing to me. 
hopefully this will be worth the price that you came. In Exodus 24, we just read verses 1 to 8. Let's read verse 9. Exodus 24, 9. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 of the elders of Israel went up. And this is after what we've just read, those verses in Moses sprinkling the book and the people. Verse 10. And they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven of clearness. Verse 11. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. It's that and ate and drank that I want to call your attention to this morning. You don't eat and drink with people you don't know. That's not normal. You eat and drink with people that you know, that you're in relationship with. And God, after they do all of this, after they've done everything in the first eight verses, then he calls them up again and he meets with them. That's what God wants to do in our lives as well. He wants to meet with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. Because of all that they did, and you know, it's not easy to kill the calves and the goats. You know, I mean, it takes time, right? It takes time to gather the blood. It takes time to offer the sacrifice. But because of everything that they did, they received the presence of God. And so the same is true for us as well. When we get into God's word, when we begin to obey his word, begin to put his principles into action in our lives, when we allow our lives to be governed by the word of God and by the direction of the Holy Spirit, then it's his presence that begins to come along with us, begins to walk with us, begins to lead us and guide us, begins to navigate our life through the good times and the bad times, the up times and the down times. It's in that relationship that we get to know God more and more. And God says, he proves it back in Exodus 24, that he'll come and he'll meet with us. What an awesome God. So no matter what we're going through, God will come and meet with us. And if you haven't figured that, that's a good life. To have the presence of God with us. That's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. But it happened because they were willing to obey. And they developed a relationship with God. And God fellowship with them with His presence. The same principle applies to us today because of Jesus Christ. If you'll turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 1. The Lamb, Jesus, was slain. His blood was shed. But now we have the opportunity to sprinkle His blood by declaring God's Word over our lives. 
And as we speak God's word, we speak it out of relationship. You know, you can tell when people are just speaking it because they've just memorized it and, you know, they're in trouble. But when you have somebody who speaks the word of God because they know God, because they're in relationship with God, there's power behind that declaration. There's power behind those words. And God is offering for each one of us to be able to do that. And so when we speak God's word, we, we speak it out of relationship because we're obeying it. It's hard to be in relationship with God and read his word and not obey it. You can't do it. To be in right relationship with him, we have to be willing to obey his word. And I don't mean just willing in the sense of, I hope to someday you are you have set your mind on whatever God tells you to do, you're going to do it. Whatever you read in his word that you know you need to put into practice in your life, you do it. You know, I mentioned several weeks ago that, you know, we can just get so caught up in the necessity to forgive. And, and as a pastor, I know that, you know, you got to hear that all the time. But Paul takes it a step further that we learned also that then we have to be loving and kind and compassionate and tenderhearted towards one another. There's a big difference there. It's one thing to be forgiven, but it's another thing to show kindness to somebody. And that's what we're called to. And so, it, you know, but begin by forgiving. I mean, that's the beginning. But then allow the Lord to take you to the next steps. In John chapter 1, verse 1. Oh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so the first part here is we see that Jesus is the word. You can't separate it. You can't separate Jesus from being the Word of God, the Bible. You cannot. I just want to remind you, you can't become a Christian without knowing the Word of God. Verse 14, John 1, 14, if you'll jump down there. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so I want to share with you this morning that as we declare God's word, we are speaking Jesus into our circumstances. We are declaring Jesus. We are verbalizing our covenant promises found in Jesus, found in the word of God, which is Jesus made flesh for us. Jesus came not just to die for our sins, but to show us the heart of the Father, to know the way of the Father. And so when we're in relationship with Him, we begin to see that. And when we're speaking it, we're declaring God's Word. We're, we're speaking Jesus. How many of you know we need more of Jesus on the face of the earth? Amen. All right, that was easy. We're, not in, agree we're in agreement with that. We need to remind ourselves daily 
and as often as we can about the truth that is found in God's word. Because the enemy is always coming against us. Life is always coming against us. We live in a fallen world, if you haven't figured that out yet. And so we need the word of God to be able to speak that in our lives. Now, I want us to think about this. and We cannot divorce ourselves from the word of God. Sadly, there are Christians who are trying to divorce themselves from the word of God. We cannot do that. It's impossible to be a believer and divorce yourself from the word of God, to make light of the word of God, to begin to change the word of God from what it really means, to begin to fit the word of God into your lifestyle, what you want, your desires versus you submitting yourself to the word of God and God's desires, his plans, his purposes for our lives. Many are trying to separate themselves from the word of God and the truth found in that. We can't. We have people picking and choosing the parts of the scriptures they like and dismissing the scriptures that they don't like. The ones that speak of you as being a sinner and needing to repent, needing to change, needing to be transformed. Nowadays, I heard one time. Don't get mad if I say this, all right? I heard one time that there needs to be dead churches. Dead churches, yeah. Because there are dead believers. What I mean by that is there are churches that don't stand on the Word of God and you have believers who don't stand on the Word of God. So they found each other. All right. But what would happen if we find live churches full of the word of God, full of wanting to obey his word, wanting to do what he says, taking pleasure in doing what he says. If you don't know this, we've been going through Psalm 119, which is a forever psalm. All right. It never ends. Okay, And in but it's done in short segments. And as you read them, it's a reminder of how valuable the Word of God is. Even what we read today, verses Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48, it's all about the Word of God. And it's about loving the rules that God has established in His Word that we can live by it. So that when we do, we know that we're going to be blessed by it. You know, I look at the Word of God as going to a chiropractor. Now, I don't know if you believe in chiropractors or not. But I'm thankful for him. But I believe that that's when you come in and he can examine you and find out where you're messed up and he can straighten you out. And when we read God's word, that's exactly what God's word does for us. It doesn't matter how mature you think you are. There's always something in the word of God that we need to be adjusted in, that we need to adjust our lives in, that we need to come into agreement with. And, and that's what we need to be doing as true believers in Christ, adjusting our lives to what God's word says, not trying to change his word into what we want. Because what you want isn't good for your life. Trust me. 
And the reason I can say that is because what you want is out of selfishness. But when you read God's word and you put God's word into practice in your life, you're getting what he wants for your life. And that's way better. Mm. When we speak God's word and declare his word, we're declaring the promises of God over our lives. But if we don't know the word of God. We can't speak it. It's hard to make these analogies, and I'm, I'm going to try in two of them, and you'll understand why it's hard nowadays. But being a Christian and not putting God's word, you know, center of your life is like trying to drive a car without putting gas in it. And I know what you're thinking, and I know that. Pastor, there's electric cars now. True. But if you don't turn the key, if you don't put the gas in, if you don't charge the battery up, you can turn that key all day long, but you're not going anywhere. And yet many of us are living like that. It's the same as trying to ride a bike and you're not going to pedal. How far do you think you're going to get? You're not going to go anywhere. And yet that's how some of us try to live our lives. We're trying to do our own thing without... Knowing God's word. Close with this. Proverbs chapter 25. And so I struggled to come up with another one. So I came up with another one. It's like trying to turn your lights on without paying your bill. <laughs> Try that sometime. It doesn't work. If you don't pay your bill, you can flip that switch all you want. It's not going to light up. So I want to encourage you this morning to make every effort. And then some, because don't just make the effort that you think, but you've got to go beyond that. You've got to go beyond what is convenient for you. Instead of going out on a date on Friday night. Meet with God. I know I'm meddling. We'll, we'll change. Well, let's go on. Because his words are where we find life. They're life giving, they're life changing. And there's treasures that the Lord has provided for each one of us found in his word and, and secured by his blood covenant. No one can force us or make us get into God's word. It's our choice that we make. No one could force them to dip the hyssop into the basin and apply the blood. It was each family's choice. In Proverbs chapter 25, the older I get, the more this verse comes alive to me. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal things. But the glory of kings is to search things out. In other words, God has treasures in his word. They're there for the asking. They're there for the taking. They're there. 
but the ones who find it. And I like the fact that he says the kings find it. Because I think when we put ourselves in studying God's word and seeking out God's word, we find that life. And that life elevates us. But it says, but the glory of kings to search things out. And so that's our responsibility to get into God's word, to search it out, to find the treasures that are in there. In Colossians, it says that all the treasures of wisdom lie hidden in Christ Jesus. And I remember reading that as a young believer. And I, I declared to myself, I said, God, I said, I'm going to find those treasures. I'm going to find you first. And I'm going to find all those treasures you have for me. Stand with me if you will, please. God doesn't want us to merely have head knowledge. Be hearers of the word. He wants us to search out his word, the treasures that are there, and to walk in the blessing and the authority that he died for us to walk in. The amazing thing is, is Jesus' sacrifice has broken every curse over our lives and has sealed every victory that we need. But we will never know it and we will never be overcomers until we know his word and we find him and the treasures in it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the love that you have for us. And thank you for gracing us this morning with not only your presence, but your gifts among your people. Lord, we're so grateful. And Lord, I'm so thankful for your word and and the power of your word and the treasures that we find in your word, but they come to us as we are willing to obey your word and, and we find that relationship that you so desire for us to have. Lord, place that hunger within us that we cannot satisfy without looking into your word more and more. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right, don't forget, we have a reception out there. There's cookies, there's punch, uh, high five, Kasha, or Ashka, and make sure you thank her for doing that. And Yoska, Yoski, also. And sign up for food on Friday, if you will, please.